are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of Locked On Pistons Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Locked On NBA. It's a small market meets a big market. Wednesdays in the Locked On NBA Podcast. Join Jake Madison of the Locked On Pelicans Podcast and John Corrales of the Locked On Celtics for a look at the NBA week from all angles. Follow the Locked On NBA Podcast today wherever you get your podcast. Per usual, I'm your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me over on Twitter at Kuka Hill NBA. You can also find me on YouTube at Coos Ballroom, even though I haven't made a video over there in quite a while. I've been really busy with this. Uh, but you can also find me over at Detroit Bad Boys, writing articles about the Pistons. And today we are joined once again a lot. This is I, I don't remember how many times Bryce has been on the podcast, probably north of 15 times already. Uh, Hal actually made a comment last time uh, he was on here, Bryce, like last week, saying he just... He's giving up the race, man. You just you, you you've blown him out of the water. It's just it's just not gonna happen. But thank you for coming on again today, man. How you doing? I'm good. As always, I appreciate you having me on. I'm excited to talk Pistons, and it, it's been a a minute. It's been a week, week and a half. So I thought maybe Hal had gotten your ear and been like, hey, you know, <laughs> you know, keep keep Bryce off the podcast for a minute so I can catch up. Uh, but no, I, I had a I always enjoy listening to Hal when he's on, and I enjoyed the whenever you had both of us on. So. Again, I always love coming on and talking hoops. Definitely. Okay, so on today's podcast, we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to preview a little bit of what's coming tomorrow. Tomorrow, I'm going to go ahead and spoil it for you guys. It's going to be a crossover episode with Evan Damerel of the Locked On Cavs podcast. We're going to talk about basically what me and Bryce are about to talk about right now. Bleacher Report came out the top 10 young cores in the NBA, players under 25. We'll talk about that number in a little bit, uh, obviously, in the discussion, because I think that's a little bit... Uh, insane to call that like a young anyways basically we'll get to, we'll get to all that uh we'll talk about it tomorrow also like i said with locked on Cavs guy but we're gonna talk about it today with bryce so bryce let me read you the top 10 young cores apparently from bleach report that was released today so number one we got the atlanta hawks number two we got boston celtics uh number three we got new Orleans pelicans number four we got memphis grizzlies number five we got phoenix suns number six we got denver nuggets number seven we got dallas mavericks number eight we got the charlotte hornets Number nine, we got the New York Knicks. And number 10, we got the Houston Rockets. So, Bryce, obviously the Detroit Pistons are not in this top 10. Before we even start talking about the Pistons and saying, oh, the Pistons should be in there or the Pistons shouldn't be in there or anything, what did you take away from this top 10 list? Like, if there is one team that you had to look at and be like, or or if there's even more than one team that you're looking at, like, eh, I don't see how this team really made it on there. What, what would that be? Yeah, so, I mean, the first thing, and you kind of alluded to it, is when you do a, a – Whenever the number's 25, one, I don't consider that necessarily a young... I know those are young players, but usually when you're talking about young core, like especially in the Pistons world, you're talking like 22 and younger. And so I think that was the first thing. And whenever you're doing 25, it really opens it up to really establish players. So that's why it makes it hard for the Pistons. But as I just look through this, if I had an argument with anything, it would probably be the Memphis Grizzlies being as high as they are. Like John Morant's big time... I know Jaron Jackson Jr. is a good player. Desmond Bain's a great shooter. But, like, how do you have them above the Phoenix Suns with DeAndre Ayton and Devin Booker? I don't care if that's the only two guys they have under 25 along with Jalen Smith. But, like, 
those two guys are big time and just played in the finals. And so I, I think the Grizzlies are a little high and I don't know, like I'm not, I don't know if the Mavs are low, but I don't care if it's just Luka Doncic. He's probably one of the top five players in the NBA. So they may be a little low for me as well. All right. Well, I'm glad you brought up the Dallas Mavericks part because I've seen a lot of people like get mad about them being on here. And I completely agree with you, by the way, about the Dallas Mavericks. Like, yeah, they don't have much else out of Luka, outside of Luka. But when you're one guy under 25 is Luka Doncic, like you have to be in there. Like you just, I'm sorry. Like, I don't care if they have him and his minions surrounding him. It's it's Luka Doncic. He has to be in this list because he's under 25. It just has to be. I'm sorry. This is how it works. Um, my other team, um, I don't know. The Suns, I, I think Suns is a good case to go up a little bit more because also Mikhail Bridges is also under 25 as well. He's 24. So that's another guy. Yeah, they didn't I, I, even list him on this. So that's why I didn't – I just assumed I was wrong. They don't even have him listed on uh, as one of the core. Yeah, I think that maybe should speak to who did this list and maybe we shouldn't take it as serious. But anyways, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, outside of that, there's a few other teams as well uh, at the towards the bottom of the list with the Hornets – not the Hornets, uh, the Knicks and the Rockets. Uh, I feel like like we just said about the Mavericks, you could probably have a discussion about that even though I think with Luka you have to be up there. Uh, I have no problems with the Nuggets being on here. Obviously, the Suns, Grizzlies, I don't have a problem with them being on here. Maybe a little high, but I don't have a problem with them being on here. Pelicans, obviously. The Celtics, I feel like, are on here because of this beat. I think they purposely made it 25 so the Celtics could be on here because I think Jalen Brown's 25, and they like wanted him, and they, they wanted to make sure they had the Boston Celtics on the list. I completely agree with you about age of 25 being out of, like, a little bit out of pocket because, like, 25 is probably closer to your prime. Like, dudes have already developed. Dudes have had multiple years to – to get get their uh get their legs to them and you know develop and get better and come in their own and stuff like that's almost a finished product damn near like we're, when you talk young cores I'm think I'm usually thinking like projecting forward like young guys that you have that are like 20 21 22 kind of thing that are not already damn near finished products kind of stuff so I, I had a problem with that as well but uh there's if there, unless there's something else you want to talk about real quick we can start talking about the Pistons according to this list. No, so I was just looking, you know, trying to figure out the McKelper. So it says only players who are under the age of 25 and still will be as of opening night. So I think Mikel Bridges has turned 25. So I guess that's why he's not on here. So you have to do Oh, yeah, be, he turns 25 in six days. Okay, so there you go. So um, that's why Mikel Bridges wouldn't be on there. But no, I mean, I think, to, I guess, to lead us into the Pistons part is, you know, th- our guys just haven't really haven't been in the league long enough to establish themselves. So while we are very excited about our young core and obviously Cade Cunningham, among other guys, the rookies from last year, like they just haven't had that chance to completely establish themselves. And so it is going to be hard to rank above a lot of the teams we've talked about so far. All right. So yeah, I, I, let's talk about that. So I, I don't want to like spoil tomorrow's podcast. However, I will say, that I, me personally, I find it hard. Like as much as we're all fans of the Pistons, I find it hard to really put the Pistons over many of these teams on this list. The argument I think the Pistons have for is the Knicks and the Rockets. But then also, I think that, I mean, Cat is twenty five, so I, I don't. So they don't count Cat because he's twenty five. Then so correct. Doesn't correct. Count. Yep. Correct. Because okay. I was gonna come on here and be like the Minnesota Timberwolves should definitely be on this list. They got Cat and. Uh, Anthony Edwards, they got Malik Beasley. I was like, bro, where are they at? They make no sense to me. Uh, but yeah, I guess how the two, the, the team I think would also have an argument to get into here is the Cleveland Cavaliers as well. They got a really good young core, Colin Sexton, Darius Garland. I believe Jared Allen still falls under that list as well. 
Uh, they got Isaac Okoro. I think they have a pretty decent young core as well. So Evan Mobley, the, who they just yeah, drafted. Evan Mobley, yeah, yeah, Evan Mobley. So I think the problem with the Pistons, and like it's like you said, so and it kind of has to do with it being under 25 too. The Pistons have two all-rookie guys from last year. Yeah, but those guys, that's that's all rookie guys. Like We're not just talking about rookies anymore. We're talking about damn near 50 or 60-year veterans when you're doing under the age of 25 that we're counting. So we're counting like Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, like guys like that when they're doing under 25. So I think that also hurt the Pistons. And also, like you said, a lot of the things with the, a lot of the things with the Pistons' young core is based off potential because not a lot of these guys have really produced to that type of level to really be considered this. Like everyone knows I'm a big guy of Seku. Seku's basically considered a bust by everybody outside Detroit. And there's a lot of people inside Detroit that call him a bust. He's two years in. He's only 20 years old. He's one of the youngest players in the league still. But people are going to consider him a bust. Like, you can't just throw up Seiko Dumboya. And people are like, oh, that's a young core. Same thing with, I think you probably do the same thing with Killian Hayes. Killian Hayes, we believe in him. We like him. We saw things to like from him and reasons to believe he's going to be good still. But if they're basing off his rookie season, there's not much to go off of there. It's just, it's just not. Like, that, that's, that stuff only Pistons fans are saying. Only Pistons fans are looking into like that. Like, people outside of Detroit, if you're being, like, objective, Killian just hasn't brought nothing to the table like that to really consider being put on this list. I think kind of the same thing, not as much, but kind of the same thing with Hamadou Diallo as well. He's more projected to be uh, potential as well, even though he had a productive, uh, what was it, third, fourth season this past year. Uh, same thing goes, I, saw, I had someone else say something about Frank Jackson. I think you saw Frank Jackson's value across the league shown with his contract signed. He only signed for $3 million. So while we like Frank Jackson, he has he's really good and he could be a pretty good player for the Pistons and possibly like a six-man type of thing in his future. Um, right now, he's just not valued like that and it's more potential. So I, I just find it hard to where the Pistons' argument is to be ranked over these guys as of right now. I think it really only is around Kay Cunningham. I think Kay Cunningham really carries them to this argument. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And that's what – I mean, I think I think Pistons fans who are upset about not being on the top ten list, I, I can see legit arguments, arguments, like you said, for them being over the Rockets, who for the most part the Rockets are in the same boat other than, what, Kevin Porter Jr.? Yeah. Um, but, you know uh, – I'm going to look his stats up to see, you know, how many, what his sample size is in terms of games as well. Um, I mean, I mean, he averaged 17 points a game last year, but he's only played 76 games, you know, in his NBA career so far. But, you know, he has looked good, but he's the only one for the Rockets that's played a lot of NBA minutes. And then the Knicks, you know. And then again, also real quick, just to, just to back up your point. The 17 points a game last year was on a 26 game sample size. That's yeah. That, so, yeah, that, that that's the thing. So when he had the 50 game sample size with Cleveland, he averaged 10 points a game. So I mean, and I'm not trying to knock Kevin Porter Jr. by any means. I'm not trying to say that. It's just you know, if you want to say like with the Pistons, like we haven't necessarily seen it, but you know, Sadiq Bay had a pretty good sample size where he was a really good NBA player. Isaiah Stewart, same thing. You know, Frank Jackson looked really good, maybe not as good as Kevin Porter Jr., obviously, but in a small sample size. So I think you can make an op- argument with the Rockets, and I think you could still make an argument with the Knicks as well. You know, they, they list a few guys who didn't necessarily play a lot last year or are incoming rookies. And like you said, the hard thing is with Cade Cunningham never playing an actual NBA game. Like, he's kind of the X factor. He's the the main name for the Pistons, and you just can't really – put them there whenever he hasn't played yet yep i agree with you so we'll talk about more th- about this tomorrow with lockdown Cavs host evan dammer on our crossover but as of right now before we get into that i just 
I, I feel like the Pistons may have an argument for at the bottom of that list, but I can't. I don't think Pistons fans really have a leg to stand on, or like really, really have the right right now to be that upset about it because I just it's it's there's a lot of guys, there's a lot of talented teams with under twenty five, and even if you take out outside twenty uh, under twenty five, the Pistons guys like we've mentioned, it's more of just like projecting their potential future, and as of right now, they just haven't produced in this sample size so far in their career to warrant being on this list. Now, that doesn't mean we don't think they'll get there, but just as of right now, I don't think you can objectively say they should be over many of these teams right now. So, Well, real real quick, Hugh, and I know we have to go, but if you move this list to an under-22 list, like it completely changes the game, right? Because now a lot of these teams who have established guys are probably between that 22 and 25 age and are guys that we're still, are, we're still talking about Cade, Killian, Sekou, Isaiah Stewart, et cetera. So, I mean, I think that's where the, the, the discourse is, is whenever it's under 25, it's completely different than if it's under 22. Yep, agree with you. Okay, when we come back, we'll talk about the center rotation, the topic that I mentioned on yesterday's podcast. Uh, we'll ask Bryce his thoughts about who he thinks should start, how it should go, who fits the best with uh, the starting lineup of, or the starting backcourt, I should say, of Killian Hayes and Kate Cunningham. But before we get into that, let me tell you about one of our sponsors, one of our new sponsors, Direct TV. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports and movies and shows all in one place. That means no juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV. You can learn more about directtv.com or you can learn more about DirectTV at DirectTV.com. That's DirectTV.com. Again, make sure you go check out DirectTV.com slash stream. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. What's the deal, guys? There are some things in life that you just don't really want to talk about. You know, issues in a relationship, family problems, or more importantly, sweating through your t-shirt in the public for no reason when out with the boys. Yeah, you heard me right. Everyone has been there, including myself. Simply wearing deodorant doesn't help it either, but sweat block antiperspirant wipes can help. Sweat block is doctor recreated and doctor recommended. You simply apply it at night before bedtime and go to bed, then wake up the next day and do your normal routines like nothing ever happened, except this time without the worry of sweating through your t-shirt. Sweat block works for up to seven days per use and has a dry shirt guarantee. If sweat block doesn't keep your shirt dry, you get your money back instantly. If you or someone you know is dealing with this worst issue in life of sweating through your t-shirt, tell them all about SweatBlock. Get it today for 20% off at SweatBlock.com with promo code LOCKEDON. Again, get it today for 20% off at SweatBlock.com with promo code LOCKEDON or at Amazon and CVS. Get SweatBlock now and stop sweating. All right, Bryce, so let's go ahead and talk about this center rotation real quick. Uh, on yesterday's podcast, I dove into a little bit who I think the Pistons should start center, or not necessarily even who I think the Pistons should start center, just who who I think is the best fit with the starting lineup if they're going to go the route of killing Hayes and Kay Cunningham, which I think a lot of us basically are like 95% sure they're going to do. Like, there's You have to have at least a discussion about whether they'll actually do it, but I think the majority of us have came to the conclusion that that's going to be it. At least they're going to at least try it at first to see what happens first. Uh, but yeah, who do you think is the best fit? Not necessarily who you think is going to be the starter, 
But who would you say is the best fit with that backcourt? Is it Isaiah Stewart or is it Kelly Olenek? Oh, man, I keep going back and forth with this. Um, I guess if you're asking me just who is the better fit for those two guys, I, I mean, I guess it's Kelly Olenek. Like we've talked a lot about this where Kelly Olenek is, is a guy that comes in and really helps those guys growth because he spaces the floor and gives them that pick and pop option. And so I, I guess it would be Olenek. But I'll be honest, Koo, like sometimes when I look at the roster as a whole, I almost feel like Isaiah Stewart fits better with the first team in terms of fit because there's enough shooting already on the floor with Cade, Bay, and Grant. And then you bring Olenek off the bench where the the second unit lacks shooting, especially if you're playing Saban Lee at the point. Um, You know, we could talk about that, whether it's Lee or Joseph. But if you have Lee at the point and then Josh Jackson, Sekou, um, Hami's shot was good in Detroit, but you know, for his career hasn't necessarily been that consistent. So I think in that regard, Kelly Olinick almost fits better with the second unit and let Isaiah Stewart run with the one. So I think there's a lot of interesting dynamics here. And um, but I do think in general, Kelly Olinick helps those young guards better. Yeah, actually, you know what? That was a great point you just made. I hadn't even thought about it that way. So yesterday I said Kelly Olenek, I believe, would be the best fit with the starting lineup because of the reasons you just suggested. I think that lineup, if you're going to try with Killian and Cade, I think it would really help that backcourt, specifically Killian, because I think Cade's going to be really good no matter what. I think it would help Killian really a lot if he had a floor-spacing center because I think it would open up driving lanes more for him. It would help him get to the lane more. He wouldn't have as much help defense coming to him when he gets to the basket. And if it does come, he's the perfect type of player to take advantage of that. So that was my argument for Kelly Olenek. But I might be going back on that because of that point you just brought up. I'm not going to lie because I did not think about what would be happening off the bench. I I don't know why I didn't think about that. So if they do go with Saban Lee or even Corey Joseph, who's not necessarily an outside shooter. Like I don't – I'm going to keep it a buck. I don't remember Corey Joseph ever shooting a three for the Pistons. Like I know he had to have done it a few times, but I just don't ever remember it happening. So that's just not his game. Then you got Hamadou Diallo and Josh Jackson playing. And – it, it could change a little bit if it's Frank Jackson who's going to be in there playing. I don't know how they're going to go about that. Uh, but those three, possibly at the two or three positions. Then you got Sekou, and if it's Isaiah Stewart, you really are lacking a ton of spacing there. And it's just, unless guys are getting staggered, unless Cade and Killing are getting staggered, and, and, and Jeremy Grant's possibly getting staggered, or possibly Sadiq Bey getting staggered, unless that's happening, that second lap really is going to struggle with shooting. So And possibly even just scoring as, overall. So I think, you know what, I, I might be I, I might be changing my stance on it right now. Bryce Meyer made me change my stance <laughs> on live live podcast because that, that is a great point. I, I have to – I don't know. I, I, I still think that Kelly Olenek probably is the best fit with those guys in the starting lineup. But then also, is it is it that much of a drop-off and is it worth it having that second lineup out there when it comes in with no spacing at all? And that's what has me now second-guessing what I said yesterday. So good job, Bryce. You got me uh, – <laughs> You got me thinking now. Well, what I'm convinced of, and I'm still going to go to this, I think we're going to stagger the minutes. I think you're going to see Killian Hayes sub out, you know, six minutes into the first quarter, and then Cade will finish off the first quarter or, or roughly, depending on how many minutes they want to play him. And I'm, I personally believe you're going to see Killian Hayes run the second unit a lot, and you're just going to see Corey Joseph play whenever, you know, both of them need a little time or if one guy needs a rest on some night or whatever. But, you know, typical nights, I, I see Killian Hayes running the second unit hopefully by my guy Frank Jackson. And then you have a combination of Hami, um, Sekou, and JJ at the 3-4. 
But then Kelly Olynyk again, fits really well with that unit because one, it gives them another guy that can create offense a little bit. You know, he played that role a little bit in Houston. So you still have another guy on the floor that, you know, can create a little bit, initiate offense, maybe not create offense with Killian, pass the ball well, and then the floor spacing that it adds to the second unit. So, I mean, I could really see that being what the Pistons go with. Um, with Stewart starting and then, you know, even if Olenek plays with the starting lot, you know, subs in pretty early, plays with Cade for a little bit, but definitely gets those minutes with the second unit and Hayes running that. So, uh, you know what? Bryce did it. I'm changing my, I'm changing my stance. <laughs> I think, I think Isaiah Stewart should start. I, I had already, I had convinced myself completely that Kelly Olenek should start, but that, that is a good point. I, I didn't even think about what the second unit would be like without Kelly Olenek possibly. Um, so Bryce, you got me to change my stance, man. Good job. I think this is the first time ever on live <laughs> on the live lockdown business podcast. I've I've just completely been convinced otherwise of my original point. So we got to clap it up for Bryce, everybody, everybody, everybody. Listen, make sure you give him a round of applause, man. Uh, there is something I want to ask you real quick before we go to the ad break. It's a little bit off topic, but it kind of popped in my head because I realized that you're such a big Frank Jackson guy. Now, do you think that Frank Jackson is going to be the backup too, or is going to get minutes, or do you think it's going to be Josh and Hami? I don't know. I, it's 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 looking. I, I don't know what's going to happen. I think that's the most interesting training camp battle of this season. Yeah, and I know I, I kind of left him out there in my second. You know, whenever I was trying to lay out the second unit and kind of prove my point or whatever with needing the shooting in the second unit, and so um, I, I don't know because I do I love Frank Jackson, but I don't know. Like I, I'm. I'm nervous that maybe they don't see as much in him as what I do. I know I'm very high on him. I think he's a perfect two guard. I think he's a really good fit on this team because we have point guards, quote unquote point guards in Cade and Killian that are bigger guards. So he's the perfect off guard to complement those guys because he's a great shooter. He doesn't need the ball. And then on defense, they can switch defensive assignments. Frank can guard the point guard. And then Cade and Killian are both big enough to guard the off ball guard of the other team. So I just think he has a really good fit um, with those two guys in a backcourt. I just don't know. I mean, there's part of me that wonders if to start the season, JJ and Hami um, are going to get those opportunities at like the two guard, three guard, you know, on the wing. Um, You know, there's, and it's the same thing with like Corey Joseph and Saban Lee. I just don't know. So there's, like you say, there's a lot of training camp, you know, battles. And I think things that have to get worked out into the beginning of the regular season. Okay. Well, before you go to ad break, let me ask you this. I honestly forgot about this. Is there a preseason with the NBA this year? Or yeah, is that yeah. Gone? No, I looked the other day or today. Like, uh, I think they have three preseason games. I can't remember the first one. Um, they're a few spread out a few days apart. But yeah, like I want to say the Spurs. I, I don't know. I know one. I think the opening preseason game was the Spurs. But there's there's three preseason games. Yep. All right. So yeah, I think this is all going to be interesting, incredible, incredibly interesting battles in training camp and preseason to see what happens at the backup point guard spot and really the backup two and three spot and then even if you keep going like backup four Seku going to prove that he's going to be the backup four by the way he's not being traded I refuse to believe he's being <laughs> traded I, I just I refuse to believe that they would do that instead of just releasing Julio Okafor I just it doesn't make any sense not to do that but so you brought up anyways. the four can I ask you a question about the four five and it involves Kelly Olenek and what we've been talking about can I ask you when we come back from break absolutely when we come back to break you absolutely can all right, so I guess we'll preview that. Bryce has a question to ask me. Then also, we're going to talk about a quote that one of you guys sent me concerning Sadiq Bey and playmaking. We'll talk about that when I come back. So, but first, let me tell you about one of our sponsors, Bill Bar. The best tasting protein bar on the planet Earth comes with a variety of flavors. 
including six new flavors and caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. All flavors are covered in incredible tasting chocolate and are soft and easy on the teeth to chew. These bars are low in calorie and sugar, but high in protein and fiber. The flavor I suggest is the peanut butter flavor, and it's actually hilarious because one of you guys tweeted me and said, you can't stand why I say I love this peanut butter flavor because one of you guys are allergic to it. So if you don't like the peanut butter flavor, go with the cookies and cream flavor. That is my next favorite. Both 180 calories, 19 grams of protein, only 5 grams of sugar, and 5 grams net carbs. So, so go try the Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Built Bar. Best tasting protein bar ever. Then let me tell you about another one of our sponsors, BetOnline AG. Betting is now legal in Michigan, and if you're anything like me, you want to take advantage of that instantly. However, there's one problem I constantly ran into. There's just so many different apps to bet through. Which betting app is the best to use? Which one is the best for me? That's why I found BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The NBA season might be over, but the NFL season is starting to creep up on us, and the MLB is still in full swing. If you want to take your adventures beyond sports, however, BetOnline has you covered there too. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, reality TV, things I didn't even know you could bet on. BetOnline has real-time updated odds and props on just about anything you can imagine. BetOnline is the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to BetOnline now to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, and make sure you use promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Bryce, go ahead. What was the question that you wanted to ask me? So I want to, I'm just curious because this got brought up the other day. I was talking to somebody. How much do you see like an Olenek and Stewart on the floor together? Because and I know a lot of Pistons fans aren't going to like this, but I'll let you go first without me saying like, do you, do you see that lineup at all? Do you see those guys uh, having the ability to play together? Um, I'm sure we'll get some of it at some point. Cause I feel like Dwayne Casey's the type of coach to just try to throw some stuff like that out there. Um, I I don't know if it's the best. I know this. Well, I'll say this. I know a lot of people have like this idea. I, I disagree with the idea that Isaiah Stewart can play the four. Basically, I know there's a lot of people who believe he can play the four. I don't agree with that. I don't think he's a four. I think he's a five. I think maybe with that lamp, he's not even playing the four anyways. Um, I mean it. it I mean, it sounds like it could make sense on paper, but I don't think it's going to be like a regular fixture. I feel like it's something that you may see in like matchup based or if they're trying to throw something out at a team to really like throw them off or something like that. Uh, so, yeah, maybe we might see it every now and then, but I don't think it's going to be like a regular occurrence kind of thing. It just made me think of it because you talked about like, you know, the all the different position battles and how things could work out. And what if Sekou, you know, doesn't pan out the way I think both of you and I both believe he will and can. And I'm a little more confident in it. You know, we saw Casey try it with Plumlee and Stewart last year, and it didn't look very good. But I think because of Olenek's shooting ability offensively, you can make it work because he can go stand in a corner and space the floor and let Isaiah Stewart run the pick and roll. And then I think defensively with Isaiah Stewart's ability to switch out on the perimeter, I just think that it's it's an interesting lineup that maybe could work if you wanted to try it out. So I just was curious if you had thought about it or or what you thought about those guys actually playing some minutes together. No, yeah, I think it's interesting. I think we're definitely going to see it at some point. Like just like I said, it's just like a lamp to throw out there every now and then or try to throw a team off or a matchup base, et cetera, or, or like maybe possibly even like closing minutes. I could possibly see it like that as well. Uh, but I don't think it's going to be something that we see a lot or like it's going to be like a normal rotational kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I think just real quick, like I mentioned, I do think Seku is not going to be traded. I think the Pistons obviously are just going to release Julio Okafor 
I know that's in like a topic on Twitter. Bryce, do you agree here? Do you think this is going to be as simple as just dropping Julio Okafor? Or do you think there's going to be something else up their sleeve? Um, no, I mean, I think that's the obvious choice. I, again, I've said this. I wouldn't be shocked if there's something with Sekou or JJ um, that happens. What I found really interesting is like they don't have to make this move for a while. Like They can carry 16 guys on the contract, I believe, up until the end of training camp or preseason. Um, I believe it's opening night. They opening have, night, all the opening way. Opening night, they have to cut it down. Okay, so all the way through those preseason games. So, you know, we just talked about, like, these three preseason games are going to be a lot of fun. Like, I'm juiced because it's going to give me something to break down. Like, I have six weeks here where I don't know what video I'm going to break down, what film I'm going to break down. But those preseason games are going to give us some interesting looks at guys and I think really, you know, some position battles. And, you know, it, maybe it's going to be a little while before we have an answer. Maybe they're going to see if those guys, you know, JJ plays well in the preseason and somebody decides they want to trade for him or an injury happens on another team. Um, so I, it could be a little while before we have an answer on that. But I do think the obvious answer is just to wave Jalil Okafor, especially with what we saw from Luca Garza. Yep. And I think that is, I, I think that's probably the best route to go by to just wait till preseason and let it play it out because Seku could either prove that he deserves to be the backup four or deserves, you know, possibly be traded and and maybe make room. I know that I've seen people say, oh, we need to get, what's his name, Jamal Pickett on the team. Um, I am not one of those guys. I Listen, I, I'm rooting for him. I hope he makes a roster, maybe even the Pistons. If that, that would be cool for him. But I'm not one of those guys that's going to overreact to Summer League. So, I've, once again, I'll say it every time people start saying this stuff to me. I watched Dewan Summers go out in Summer League and look like Michael Jordan, and he couldn't last in the NBA for longer than, like, what was it, a season and a half or something. <laughs> so, I'm just – you're just not going to convince me that some dude, because he was doing pretty good in Summer League, is going to come and just start replacing dudes in the NBA until I see it on an NBA floor. Hey, real, real quick, and I tweet this out, but the Dewan the, the Summers gave me buckets in college. So, we <laughs> we, we played Georgetown whenever I was in college. We we – AU's you know across town in Washington DC and just real quick story I'm sorry but like you know you get a scouting report and usually it says the guy's like 6'9 and then you walk out on the court especially in the Patriot League where I played and the guy ended up being like actually 6'6 you know or something like that so the scouting report all week on Dewan Summers is he's 6'9 and I'm like yeah yeah sure I show up you know play Georgetown Dewan Summers is 6'9 and he is a monster and he absolutely murdered me I don't think I scored that game so um, <laughs> it just tells you the difference, right? Like it's been a talk about like trying out for the Motor City Cruise or whatever. And it's like even these guys who don't make it to the NBA are still absolutely incredible basketball players. Like there's just so many levels to this game. Yeah, absolutely, definitely a, a ton of levels. But like you mentioned, and and we've been talking about, there's going to be a lot to watch for in preseason. And it sounds like that we might even get a little bit more of of the dreaded thing that I just can't stand seeing and I don't really want to see. But it sounds like we may be getting more of that and possibly even in the season. Uh, I was just tweeted by one of you guys. His name is Chubbs, one of my listeners. Thank you for sending this and thank you for always listening to the podcast. Uh, but he sent me this quote and it's from, well, it's not a quote, but it's from Detroit Bad Boys. One of my fellow writers wrote it over there. And apparently, like, you know what, let me just read what it says. It says, in one of his recent interviews, Coach Dwayne Casey said of Sadiq that he wants him Kay Cunningham, and Killian Hayes to be interchangeable as playmakers. Okay, so Bryce, I'm not going to give my thoughts off the top because everyone knows how I feel about this. What, what do you think? What do you take away from that statement? Do you think that that's actually something we could see from Sadiq, or do you think that's just a bunch of talk right now? Um, 
I, to me, this is a coach trying to instill confidence in one of his players. And so you say something like this, you assume your players see it and like, oh, coach believes in me and all that. Like, I don't know why we need Sadiq Bey to be a playmaker. And I'm not sitting here saying that he shouldn't try to develop his game or whatever. But like we have Killian Hayes. We had Kate Cunningham. Kelly Olynyk does it at a, at a decent rate. Um, I believe in Hami Diallo as a somewhat of a playmaker, offensive initiator. I know I've, you know, I've talked about that multiple times on the podcast. And so I, you've brought it up. I know, you, you know you've proven your point and you've talked about it and you've done a breakdown of it. It's not necessarily a strength of Sadiq Bey. And you and I have talked about this off air, off Twitter, away from everything where it's just you and I. And if Sadiq Bey wants to continue to work on that aspect of his game, I'm all for that. Do that. But come season, like he just needs to do what he does best. So unless he has vastly improved between summer league and now with that, then that's not necessarily a role I want to see him in. Because I don't think that's a role he's going to thrive in. Now, once he gets through the season and into next offseason, if he wants to continue to work on it again, great. But, you know, I, I would be interested to know what Pistons fans thinks of, think about this, about possibly taking the ball out of Cunningham and Hayes' hands even more and putting it in Sadiq Bay's. So let me just say, I would like to be able to fly tomorrow. Okay, I, I'd like it if I could fly tomorrow. I, I'm sure a lot of you guys, including Dwayne Casey, would like to see Sadiq Bay be a playmaker. Just because you want to see that and just because I want to fly doesn't mean it's going to happen. Uh, but also, let me just say this. Bryce brought this up as well. There's about five guys on this team that I'd rather see. Actually, I could probably go down the list of even more than five guys I'd like to see try to be a playmaker for the Pistons. we got Killian Hayes and Kate Cunningham, obviously. Hamadou Diallo, I completely agree with you, is good. I think he's a pretty good secondary playmaker initiator not i don't think he's a primary guy but i think he's pretty good off ball uh or attacking and off off the ball as a secondary playmaker i think he's pretty decent and jeremy grant i i'd rather see jeremy grant play make or try to create for others i would rather see Corey joseph Saban lee uh so it's just oh like, yeah i forgot yeah. about Saban lee yeah i mean obviously you want the ball in his hands as well too yeah yeah, and especially if Sadiq's going to be starting. It's like, it'd be a somewhat, somewhat. Let me just put, again, emphasis on somewhat, because I really don't want to see him, much of this from him at all. I just, he's just not, that's not his strength. He's not very good at it at all. I just don't really want to see it. But if he was coming off the bench with the second unit, then I would somewhat, like, get it. But if he's going to be starting with Killian Hayes and Kate Cunningham, if, if you're taking the ball off Kate's hands for Killian, fair enough. If you're taking the, the ball off of Killian's hands for Kate, fair enough. There's no reason in living hell I, I should be seeing the ball being taken out of Killian and Cade's hand so Sadiq Bay can go try to play me. So I don't think this is actually going to happen. I think it's kind of like what you just said, Bryce, of a coach trying to talk his guy up, trying to make him, you know, build some confidence there and try to, you know, back him up or whatever. But come season, I, I don't really believe that's going to be the case. It's just it's not going to happen. I don't believe it. He's not very good at it, and it doesn't make sense to take the ball out of other people's hands and let him try to do it. Uh, there's a difference between like letting a guy try to develop his game during the season, and and that that that's not like I I talked about it many times before. There's other ways to develop your game. I don't agree with the idea that he has to the playmaker or he has to be given these these possessions as a playmaker to develop. I think there's all kinds of other things he should be developing that will make him a great player outside of that. So 
I don't know. I don't think it's actually going to happen, but go ahead. No, I just say, so whenever I, you know, I pulled up the article. And so as I read that, my thought is, and maybe I'm miss making, maybe I'm taking it out of context, but whenever the way it's worded to me, that means that's going to be the primary guy you put in the screen and roll situation or is leading the break. Like he's getting the outlet and he's leading the break. And I just find I'm hard pressed to find a lineup where he's the number one guy doing that on the floor because very rarely are we not going to have one of Hayes or Cunningham on the floor. And if they're not on the floor, then you're going to have a Hami Diallo, who, again, I would rather have him in a screen and roll situation handling the ball or a Saban Lee, who that's what he does best is play off screen and roll, not off ball. So I, I just find it hard to believe there's any lineups where he doesn't make your team better by playing off the ball as much as he does on the ball. Um, unless it's just a really, really weird lineup where none of those guys are on the floor. Yep, I agree. So we'll see what happens. I don't think it's going to be something that actually happens again. But, I mean, hey, who knows? It's Dwayne Casey. Who knows what's going to happen? He could throw a screwball at us, and all of a sudden it's – it's actually, I don't think the terms of screwball. I don't play baseball. Is it a curveball? <laughs> it's a curveball, right? Cur- curveball, yeah. <laughs> a curveball. You think, you think I'd be getting better with these terms because I've been nonstop playing MLB The Show the last few – few months but I, I feel like you just rage quit because you get pissed whenever you like hit it perfect and it's only warning track Dude, power no i i don't get me started on that actually i think it's hilarious i think it's hilarious that i played one of you guys one of my listeners tweeted me and said i think i'm playing you and i will be the show right now i did end up beating you <clears throat> gonna go ahead and get myself some props on that but but i think that was pretty cool that i played you but yeah that that will be the show man definitely pisses me off to no end with the with the continuing pop outs or the perfect perfect fly outs it's just it, i can't i can't do it. it pisses me off to no end but <laughs> outside of that bryce is there anything else you want to talk about man that we've that we've hit on anything else you want to bring up nah man not tonight man i i appreciate it so much i had a blast talking um all this and i know it's kind of the slow time news wise for the pistons or whatever but there's always something for us to get into and get worked up about and and have some fun talking absolutely man thank you for coming on We've been doing a pretty good job of keeping the time on here. We're at 36 minutes, so. I know, I mean, man. I, that's, I feel like I, I got to keep it down whenever we have one. Like, okay, let's not push it any longer. That way the locked on people aren't like, cool, you can't bring that that kid back from Motor <laughs> City Hoops. So I'm like, <laughs> if it's under 40 minutes, they ain't going to say nothing. So we're going to cut it. Absolutely. we're gonna we're, Let's go ahead and get it done with now then. Actually, real quick, Bryce, I, you better have saw and shown your wife that Spider-Man No Way Home trailer. It better have happened because it, it came out today and it's it's actually, no, I think it came out yesterday and it's a big deal. Everyone's freaking out. I can't believe it. I, I love it. You have to show her it. And I, oh God, man, bro, you have to show her it. Bro, my wife looks at me last night. She's like, so are we going to do this Marvel thing? And I'm like, babe, we both have jobs. We have three kids under the age of six. I coach. We own a business. Like all this, I know everybody's busy, but I'm like, no, we don't have time to, to to dive into the 150 Marvel movies that it would take us an entire year to watch. I want to, like, you have me hooked. I want to do it, but I'm like, no, we don't have time to do this right now. So maybe when we, we retire here in about 30 years, we'll be able to. <laughs> when we retire. <laughs> oh, God, dude. Uh, I, I'm, I'm telling you, man, if you just look up something, I'm sure people have a list of like some movies that you can cut out and some movies you can watch. I'm telling you, 
but I, I understand because once you start watching, you'll get addicted. You end up coming uh, off of work and stuff. I, just, hey, bro, just I came, <laughs> I'm telling you what I tweeted about. I came home and Avengers, whatever was on, and then the next one started. And she's like, Ku's right. I'm hooked. I'm like, oh, man, like we're in trouble here. Like, <laughs> so, um, but, but no, nah, man, it, it, today would have been a good day. Like I told you, it's hot as heck here in Kansas today. So it would have been a nice day just to stay inside and watch some movies. So, Let's let's go ahead and end the podcast before you start on the hot weather in Kansas. I like hope I your AC is working tonight, Coop. Yeah, it's doing it's it's at seventy five right now. So I don't know if we call that working or not, but <laughs> it is what it is. It's good enough. Uh, <laughs> thank you guys for listening. I appreciate it as always. Make sure you go follow me at Coop Hill NBA. Make sure you go check out Bryce over at Motor City Hoops podcast. Where you can find all your other podcasts as well. Make sure you follow him at Motor City Hoops on Twitter. I appreciate you guys. Appreciate you guys for watching or listening, not watching, listening. And I'll see you guys tomorrow on the episode or the crossover episode with Evan Damro of Locked on Cavs when we talk about the top 10 youngest or the top 10 under the 25 rosters list from Bleacher Report. So until then, I'll see you guys then. Peace out, everybody.